This week we have part one of a two-part interview with bi-diva Robin Oaks. We also talk about the Wiccan Harvest Holiday Maybon happening this week. All this and more on The Leftscape! Hi, I'm Robin Renee, and you are listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, this is Wendy Sheridan. Hi, this is Mary McGinley. Welcome, welcome. Uh, we have exciting things going on this week uh, from September 16th to the 23rd. It's Bisexual Awareness Week, so celebrate. Absolutely, yes. Uh, there's a lot going on. There are bisexual awareness week events happening all over the world really if you go to by i think it's uh by week.org is that by right? visibility day yes there's com? so many yes there's so many different <laughs> by, yeah by visibility day.com uh there are events happening around the world including um let's see there's the by arts festival in toronto uh there's oh wow i think there's a by visibility parade in LA I know some people going out to that um, it's really kind of yeah a lot of stuff going on but it's a time to check out organizations like uh, by resource.org and by USA wear your pink purple and blue pride colors uh, if you want to do that <laughs> so it's a uh, it's a really fun time so hopefully we don't have anything official in Philadelphia yet but we could be have a late entry uh, happening on the 23rd so we'll see Mm -hmm. Okay, and also on the 18th, this is good timing right in the middle of the bi Bisexual Awareness Week, on the 18th is HIV AIDS Awareness Day and a Aging Awareness Day. Yeah, it's HIV, AIDS, and aging. It's oh, it's all it's, together. Yes, it's it's for people. I, I'm it's it's a it's an awareness day for people who are older and have those conditions. Well, that makes more sense because I was thinking just awareness day and of aging, and I'm thinking, aren't we all aware that we are aging? Now, there's there's actually I think the like the first day of October is like Senior Appreciation Day or something like that. I, I we'll have to we'll know more about it in a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a really good day. You know, I think um, HIV/AIDS and the way it's talked about and the way and people's opportunity to learn about how to be safe and things like that are different in different communities. So it's good mm -hmm. to take time to um, help bring that to older folks as well. Too. Yeah. So and, and I just, uh, I'm so happy that there's an idea of aging with HIV. Indeed. Yeah. Cause that was Cause not, that was not the case in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and on the nineteenth, it's talk like a pirate day, maybe. Uh, arr, arr. <laughs> My favorite day. <laughs> I'm a fan of this day too. <laughs> on the twenty-first is National Dance Day, uh, which was created in 2010 by Nigel Lefko, who 
who was the So You Think You Can Dance creator. And uh, boy, my mom is dancing in her grave, I think, because she loved to dance. She specialed in the Argentinian tango. Wow. And won trophies for it. So, um, yeah, 22nd of September is Elephant Appreciation Day. Yay! We, (laughs) (laughs) We like the elephants. And uh, we'll have to post a baby elephant for that. American <laughs> Business Women's Day and Hobbit Day. Yes, then there's on... apparently there's an apparently a week for um, a J.R.R. Tolkien week, and I'm not sure if it's this week or another week. But the, <laughs> when I was looking up what the hell Hobbit Day was, that's what. Uh, so during the week, do they have a different day? Like one day's Hobbit I... Day, one day's Elf Day, one day's no. Human Day, one day's Dwarf Day? No, <laughs> sadly, oh. no. <laughs> well, they should think about doing that. Okay. It's the day you can listen to uh, a Bilbo Baggins song. <laughs> yeah. Which is very, very silly. Yeah. On the 23rd is Maybon. It's yes. the fall equinox. And uh, also celebrate Bisexuality Day. So yep. Bi-Visibility Day. No, yeah, this says yeah. my the note you handed me says celebrate bisexuality. Yeah, it's both. It's both of those oh, days. Oh, CBD I was see. it was it was originated to celebrate bisexuality day in uh, 1999, and uh, CBD, it's grown another acronym that I'm gonna mis misinterpret. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're cooking up a show on misinterpreted <laughs> initials and acronyms, so that's something else again. But um, no, yes, uh, CBD is it started the back in the late 90s and it's grown it's kind of really cool to see it grow from like the one day on the 23rd to um, a week and now uh, some people are celebrating all month so there's a whole month of September to talk about bi visibility so mm. yeah. the 24th is national punctuation day that's good <laughs> who was that guy who used to do the punctuation like sounds do you know I what I mean I don't know I don't do you, know do you remember one of the sounds because <laughs> Yeah, but I'm... <laughs> you're not doing them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Never mind. <laughs> I missed that one. It's also the 24th is National Voter Registration Day. It's the fourth Tuesday of September. So. And it's really important. It's really, yeah. really, really, really important, yeah. especially since there's so many states that are purging their voter rolls for whatever. Well, we know what the reasons are. Because uh, yeah. they're trying to disenfranchise as many people as possible. So um, if you aren't registered to vote, register to vote. You don't even have to wait for the 24th. You just do it. Um, then and- it also <laughs> might be a good idea to check and make sure you're still registered to yes, vote. Yes, that's what I was going to get there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. you ever had an experience like that where you thought you were registered, but you had an issue or anything like that? Because so, so far it's been good for me. It's yeah, worked, it hasn't know, happened fine, to me. But, has not yeah. happened to me yet. I hope it yeah. doesn't happen. I, I yeah. vote in every election, even yeah. the boring ones. And I have lived here for a couple of decades now. And so um, I even get to know, like, the people at the table. Yeah. So, I want to okay. be the people at the table. Yeah, how do we person. get those jobs? Because they go- get paid. <laughs> Do they? I know it's yeah. a long day, but uh, I think they get you, donuts. You go to your uh, <laughs> you go to your your county election board. 
I and think apply. those are the yeah, or ask them. You know, so. <laughs> Okay, birthdays. Uh, we want to say happy birthday on the 18th to Jada Pinkett Smith. On the 19th, happy birthday to Jimmy Fallon and Adam West, from uh, who died in 2017. He was the original Batman, or at least my original Batman. Yeah, uh, he's the, the Batman of my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's the... I, I, he's my favorite Batman, actually. Yeah. Um, on the 20th is George R.R. R. Martin's birthday. And uh, the 21st is Stephen King and Bill Murray. The 22nd is Joan Jett. And the 23rd is Annie DeFranco and Bruce. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I am not a fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I like his songs when other people are singing them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't I don't want to have any hate mail over that either. Um, That's all good. I like I like Springsteen. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan wait, either. But wait, I, I are don't you know. saying you don't like Bruce Springsteen? Yes, I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get some mail. Gonna... Oh, I said don't give me mail. <laughs> I'm also not a huge fan of Bon Jovi either. <laughs> so, um, and on the 24th is is the uh, birthday of Jim Henson, who is also no longer with us. Uh, but his his work lives on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, we talked about the the Dark Crystal rev revival series last week, and I've been rewatching Farscape for like the past week and a half. So yeah, it's been Henson, 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 Henson in this house. Um, so happy birthday to everybody, and that we talked about, and the people we didn't talk about whose birthdays for this week. <laughs> Um, News never stops. Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing I guess we want to talk about is um, how to help the survivors of Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas. Yeah. Um, you know, it's always a little bit complicated to figure out what uh, charities are, are doing good work and which are shady and that sort of thing. So I, I always find some people especially online, like trying to create some lists of things that are reputable, you know, uh, at least as to the best of their knowledge. Um, so I know that World Central Kitchen is a place to donate who are who are really helping out. Um, there's also a charity called Head Knolls, which mm. it has a GoFundMe that is uh, going on right now. We can put a link up for that um, for emergency funds for the folks in the Bahamas, especially. And also the um, Florida Representative McGee started an Amazon wish list, which I think is a great idea to really put specific items that are really needed. Because I think a lot of times people have this this idea like, oh, my gosh, I, I want to help. I'm going to send all my old clothes or <laughs> I'm going to send something that you have. But, it, you know, even with the best of intentions, it may not be what's really needed, at least at that time. Mm -hmm. So so people can go to the wish list and buy a specific thing that's needed. Exactly. Yep. Uh -huh. And it will go to the right place and everything. Um, that's and a good idea. Yeah. I just think it's it's kind of strange, but very cool. And I'm just wondering, you know, what how it's, it's getting there. I mean, are mm -hmm. they going to are they going to drone Amazon drone all these things over to the Bahamas? Or, you know, mm -hmm. That's I, true. Um, and I'm just thinking about all of the, the um, well, they inde independent people who deliver Amazon stuff for them. It's like, okay, 
you're loading it up on your little boat and you're just going to go take I it I think over there. they must have figured now, it I'm, out. I'm joking around. I'm holding but it up. It, it's but like, it's also Amazon, which people hate too. So yeah, I, yeah, I, know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's like the idea of having a when people get married when they're going to get married and they have a um, what do they call that um, a registry registry yeah so that's what it's like registry yeah, yeah. so um, those are then, a few things I mean we could, I I think maybe I'll be able to find some more things and I'll definitely have these links on our website and uh, hopefully some others and if if you know reputable sources and places to uh, to send and ways to help that would be really really great mm-hmm. um, and the other those. the other part about um, the Bahamas problems right now uh, that was showing up on on Facebook in varying um, like there were a bunch of outrage posts that I saw uh, that over the weekend and and uh, I did a little more work research rather in uh, in looking at what they were talking about, um, there was a ferry that was collecting uh, refugees or survivors. I don't know what you call these guys. I guess they're survivors of the hurricane um, that basically have no place to stay now because all their their stuff has been destroyed. Um, you know, because we'd, re- we'd been hearing about cruise ships coming in with supplies and they take people, they were taking people back to Florida uh, or into the United States, various ports, so they'd have you know temporary housing for now. Um, and there was a ferry that had loaded up a bunch of people, and then after I'm not sure why they made an announcement that if they didn't have visas or the right passports, they had to get off the boat. And I think, and so there was a lot of outrage about that, and they're trying, and and a lot of the outrage posts were kind of trying to blame customs for this but it but reading ice? Um, no cpb mm-hmm. ice is their enforcement arm yeah um, i mean they're fearing that no it's it's it, it wasn't that it wasn't it was it's it's customs has rules about who can come in and for what reasons and and it sounded after reading the washington post article it kind of sounded like whoever was driving the ferry didn't have the information they needed to properly board people onto the boat so once you're on the boat you think you're safe and then all of a sudden you have to get off and everybody you know and people are upset and kids are crying and it's just this awful situation um and then you you know you read that there were other like the the cruise ships were um were you know bringing like thousands of people over and they didn't have problems coming in or, or it's like when they do, there's some sort of procedure that they have to go through that they have to determine that, you know, they don't have any criminal record or whatever, and then they can come in. Um, so as it, so instead of it sounding like there was unfair treatment, it just sounds like we, the United States is, is being consistent about their kind of jerky policies, but that um, the people running that particular ferry didn't understand what the policies were um but at least i don't know i don't know if it's worse if it's worse to get thrown off the boat in the bahamas or to get to the united states and then have to go back you know um it's just it's just a kind of terrible situation all around and yeah it sounds really scary and 
frustrating. You know? Yeah, and I'm hoping they can, you know, get relief. I mean, they're they're an independent country, aren't they? The Bahamas. They're. Are I they think still they're part British. The they're part of the UK. Okay. Uh, this is my ignorance. Ignorance. I've actually. I think the last time I was actually on Grand Bahama Island for an afternoon when I was a kid, because I think we did a Disney cruise. <laughs> when i was a kid um (laughs) yeah and that's that's the last time the only time i was there i was just looking at a map yesterday and looking it up and and uh, i seem to recall that it one of the first things that it said in wikipedia was that it was british Mm, okay Mm -hmm. there (laughs) brits are having issues as well but it's yeah so yeah really yeah. <laughs> that's that's news but that's that's just everywhere <laughs> yeah well it, it's like by the time this airs parliament is either going to be there or it's going to be not there <laughs> and right. boris johnson may be there or he won't we don't know <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly um if he eliminates parliament does he still have a job himself yes oh sadly oh, that's that's too bad <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like when they when they talk about the government in Britain, they're talking about the prime minister and the cabinet and parliament is like a separate entity. So it's it's governmental, but it's not the government. Mm. It's where, like I said, British politics just confuses the hell out of me. Mm. (laughs) And um, the other thing that's been all over the news uh, the week we record this is every is all of the people getting sick and dying from vaping. Oh, yeah. And uh, and they they still apparently people are ill in thirty three states now. Five people have died as of has it all just happened all at once? Well, people are starting to die like now, um, and people are sick suddenly obviously this is and and uh the cdc has been trying to figure out what in the vape products are making people sick um it's uh lung diseases and and then respiratory problems and that's why five people have died because they can't breathe and they're not getting oxygen into their blood um and you know the the when they interview the patients they you know some of them are everyone it's like they're saying it's it's tobacco products it's thc products it's cbd products it's all of the products and but they did have a question like especially with uh teenagers who have been vaping that they may not be telling the truth about what they're vaping because they don't want to you know say they're using illegal, illegal products um and it's and it's unclear if it's only uh, like the black market vape products that you can get on the street or if because uh, they did say that um, the uh, hang on a second <laughs> I have to remember this the medical marijuana people who are using vape products are not they don't find anybody in that population having these problems oh good um, but they are kind of looking at there's a one common ingredient across all of them, which is some sort of oil derived from vitamin E uh, that is added to the vape products that they they haven't ruled any. They haven't decided, figured out what is causing it, 
but that's like the only thing that's common to everything so far. Hmm. But right now it's a big question and and the common uh so the immediate the immediate solution people are are putting forth is to like stop vaping until we yeah, know what's going on. Like that sounds logical. Yeah. <laughs> do we know if it's if it has to do with cuz it sound it seems to me that like taking something into your lungs on a constant basis no matter what it is i just it seems bad not great you yeah. know what i mean well it's it's so i'm wondering it's if it's heated. about people who are heavy users or if they have any they sense haven't of... they haven't published any any definitive results about anything yet right right now they're just they're basically talking about symptoms um and i and i guess it's it's the kind of thing where well, i mean it's like you know smoking in general is not great but i think right. you know it's it's like when you're vaping there's the nicotine stuff which i've never used um and the and the um marijuana products that are used for you know either getting high or or for pain relief and i guess we you know we're probably going to need to come up with a different delivery system for that stuff because yeah so well, pe and just, people yeah. who were just using it for marijuana are getting sick yeah, any it's like all of the it's like vape products across the board except oh, right. except, except the medical the ones who get their vape stuff from the dispensary and it's you know labeled and controlled, and, and I guess this goes to this goes to um, you know the black market is not regulated, mm. you know, and when when things are not regulated, they can add thing add other things in there that that you don't know what it is and, and it's going to have reactions. So, you know, I know, I know there's a lot of uh, Republicans and libertarians that think all really regulations are, are bullshit and they really aren't. The reason we have regulations is because somebody died, mm. you know, yeah. uh, all regulations are written in blood. Yeah. So on that note, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, here I am bringing everybody up. Yay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just want to say that, you know, there's a lot of history to the Bahamas, but just uh, in brief, the Bahamas became a British colony, B British crown colony in 1718. And the Bahamas became an independent Commonwealth realm mm. in 1973 with Elizabeth II as its queen. So it's still... Uh, that's like Canada then. It's yeah, I guess it's so. An, it's an independent country, but has ties yeah something like that yeah I would, well yeah. she's the queen of it yeah well she's the queen of canada too right yeah and australia yep, yep. but they're independent right right and i had read oh i'm sorry go ahead and the, the punctuation <laughs> guy is victor victor borga is that oh, how you pronounce his victor name victor borga yes <laughs> oh he's the pianist yeah but he also does the weird punctuation <laughs> sound oh i i forgot that routine <laughs> uh, so. okay yeah and I guess the last thing we're going to talk about in the news today is um, there are currently four states that are thinking about canceling their Republican primaries for, I guess, their, the ostensible reason is it's going to save money to not have a primary election for, uh, for the Republican Party. Um, and it sounds chilling at, on the outside you know, because I know there's a few there's a few people who have talked about um, running against Trump in the primaries for the Republican ticket. Yeah, there's about three, isn't there? Yeah. 
I, I'm not really paying attention because I didn't think it, it was going to make any difference. And if and if there's four states that aren't going to even have a primary, I don't know how that's going to, you know, how these other guys wanting to challenge him are going to get any traction. So Right. Mm-hmm. So Joe Walsh and Mark Sanford, I think, are the two that yeah. I know about. I don't yeah, know and else. I have to always remember it's not the musician. It's not that Joe it's Walsh. Not. <laughs> it's like Joe Walsh. I go, wait, what? Is... Right. <laughs> so what do we do about that? I we don't do anything about that. We we're, we're you just know watching. Yeah, it's 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 kind of it it feels very dictatory to me. Yeah. <laughs> to not even have a primary for this, but it it's not unprecedented that. I don't think they had Republican primaries for um, the elder President Bush's uh, re-election campaign, and I think there might have been one prior to that. But what, were there any challengers? That's what I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you would think you would think that the Republicans would, you know, want somebody else, or somebody good. <laughs> Like, you know, a potato. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, it's... <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's, it isn't... I mean, he's got such a solid 30-something to 40% that I guess maybe they're still banking on that. But, but it feels to me, and I think you're right in a sense, Wendy, that many people are not happy with him and just aren't willing to say it. You know, I've certainly heard that from... Um, Republican commentators who, who, or former Republican commentators who, who know kind of what's going on behind the scenes, and a lot of people just won't say out loud what they what they say to each other, you know. So yeah, I would you would think that there's a certain amount of people that would want someone else to step up and to see what could yeah. happen, you know. I don't understand. I I don't understand the Republican Party just kowtowing to this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in a way, though, I can kind of see people in office or something, they don't want to have him badmouth them back because he can, he still has the power to destroy somebody and and screw up things going in your state. Or I'm sure there's a lot of things that we don't know about that, that Trump has punished people. <laughs> You mean there's you stuff know. we don't know about that's even worse than the stuff we yeah. do know about? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even. I can't even. But what I can't understand is the common people who are Republicans, why they just keep on accepting it and they don't let it uh, um, bother them. I Like they're saying, well, we have to respect, he's the president and we have to respect him, but He's not respecting the presidency himself. That's just my take. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I can't, I don't, I don't know how to assess that either. It's, um, except, I mean, I think maybe some people are more willing to follow authority farther, I guess. You would hope there's a point, there's a breaking point, but I I guess I haven't seen one either. For for some people we have. Some people have, you know. Actually, the, the commentator I was thinking of is Rick Wilson, who's like a, he used to 
do like negative like attack ads and everything for Republicans. And I don't know that he considers himself Republican still. I think he's still considers himself conservative, but he does talk a lot on um, mainstream media and some left-leaning media. And he wrote a book called Everything Trump Touches Dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so that's someone who definitely has beliefs that are different than ours who saw what's wrong and and is wanting to speak up about it you know but he says that a lot of people you know they're especially in government they're wanting to keep their jobs mm. like a lot of people i yeah. guess you know and or get to some other better place and they think their way to do that is to keep quiet so that's part of it but yeah the, the regular folks um i don't Keeping know quiet is how hitler did everything he did yeah 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 so here we are, but um, but I'm trying hoping to not I'm, be quiet. Trying to not be quiet. I, I'm well. I, I think we ever we have to find what avenue we can take. You know, because I, I was it just goes back to the conversations we've had like earlier with, um, you know, if you can't go out and march in the street and you know stop people from bringing migrant children into camps or whatever. <laughs> maybe there's, you know, you can speak to your neighbor or you can speak to your family member who's believing in things that are harming people or you can, or you can use a hashtag, but not or, to, or you, know, you could use, whatever you can do. Or you could use postcards. You can use postcards. <laughs> Get some of Wendy's postcards and mail them out to your representatives. Right. But I mean, but yeah, but, but the point being, I mean, I don't know why people don't act, and I I hope that no matter what they, if they feel like they can't do something, maybe there's a small thing they can do, and whatever level you can do, I think I hope people will do, and maybe you know I do think there are some people who are conservative who are saying they're just they're not happy with the choice they made if they voted for him or um, can be can rethink things. So I'm I'm not. It looks it looks daunting a lot of the time, but I'm not. I still believe that there's there's hope for people. You're not too. losing hope. I'm not losing enti hope entirely, although mm. it's scary. It is, you know. Yeah. I'm Kevin Patterson of Poly Role Models. And I'm Alana Phelan, the polyamorous librarian. Together we write the For Hire novels, and you are listening to The Leftscape. The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Lovely listeners, we love you all, and we'd love to hear from you. So post your comments on our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And please go to iTunes or wherever you go to get your podcasts and give us a five-star review. We really need those reviews, and that would help us out a lot. Thanks a lot. Hello, this is Robin Renee. You can find me online at robinrenee.com. And my music is on iTunes, CD Baby, Pandora, Spotify, and elsewhere around the web. So check it out. And you can like me at facebook.com slash Robin Renee Fan. Tweet at me at Spirit Rock Sexy and follow me on Instagram at Robin Renee Music. I would love to hear from you. Well, I'm here with Robin Oaks. 
She is um, really one of our premier speakers, writers, and overall advocates for bisexuals in the world. Uh, she's really known worldwide. She's traveling a lot, as she was just saying a little bit before we started uh, recording. Um, editor of Bi Women Quarterly. Uh, you do so many things. Do you want to sort of give our little uh, say hello and give a thumbnail uh, explanation of who you are and what, what you do in the world? I will do my best. Hi, Robin. Hi. <laughs> so I've been an activist for long enough that my work no longer fits in any kind of elevator speech or soundbite. Um, so I guess my major projects at this point, I'm the editor of two bisexual anthologies. One is called Getting By, Voices of Bisexuals Around the World. And that's a 42 country um, anthology. And then the other project, the other book that I, I edited is called Recognize the Voices of Bisexual Men. I did that book because I believe that bisexual men have a very specific and particular experience of being erased and having their reality and experience denied. And I wanted to, I wanted to do something about that and and speak up against that. So I co-edited that book with a friend of mine, with um, H. Sharif Williams, AKA Dr. Harukati. And um, I'm very proud of that project. I also travel around the US and the world speaking about um, LGBTQ issues with a focus on bisexual identity or bisexual plus identities, bisexual, pansexual, fluid, queer, et cetera. And also more general, work on identity and sexuality. So labels, um, identity, how does that, how do we decide what to call our complicated selves, things like that. I work mostly with youth and college students. I also do some workplace programs and health programs. And so that's, that's another thing I do. And that's probably my main thing at this time. And then the other thing I guess is worth mentioning is By Women Quarterly, which is a grassroots publication that is about to enter its 38th year of existence. That's amazing, I did not know that. I know. <laughs> That's so great. I'm reminded of it every time I lay out a new issue and at the bottom you put volume V, you know, V37 and, and it's like, oh my God, 37 years. And we, we're ju we just put out volume 37, number four, which means that the next issue will be volume 38. And that means we'll be in our 38th year. So yeah, it's it's pretty amazing to think that it's been going for that long, especially since it's a very, 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 very underfunded grassroots project that operates basically on um, hope and <laughs> hope and bubblegum or something. <laughs> you know, we have a tiny budget. We operate. We depend entirely on on donations and also. On, on an Etsy shop that I set up to support the project. Uh, that's by, by products, is that? Yes, and isn't that the best name ever? That's perfect. We, you know, the one good thing about being by is that you have lots of puns and, and wordplay you can use. I, I completely agree. I, I believe that by and trans folks get the best puns. We have the best puns. So, there you yeah. go. <laughs> there you have it. So yeah, and, and so by products, it took me a few months to come up with, with it, with the proper pun, but I, I found it and I'm very happy with the title. So we sell, we sell flags, we sell um, by and pan and also the Philadelphia rainbow flag, the one that has the black and brown stripe for racial solidarity. We sell right. those flags. We sell um, three different kinds of earrings by, by trans and rainbow. And we sell um, about 51 different pins that I 
or my intern, depending if I have one at the moment, make with our with our little hands <laughs> on a little machine in my little home. So it's a pretty exciting, I feel like a kind of all purpose, 360 degree nonprofit project. <laughs> Yes, that is that's really great. Uh, we'll make sure we have a link to buy products on our site too when we uh, when we post this interview. Um, but I just wanted to say, first of all, happy to celebrate bisexuality. Well, actually, it's now Bi Pride Month and Week. This will air on the eighteenth. Um, and I remember when uh, Celebrate Bisexuality Day was being decided as September twenty third. That was in nineteen ninety nine, I believe, when we had the first one. And I'm curious if you remember exactly why that date was chosen. I heard that it was it David Bowie's birthday or something like that. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true, but that's I think so, that's what I read. Oh, that's really funny. No, um, David Bowie's birthday was January 8th. Oh, no. How could and, you even know that? <laughs> Are you serious? I would you never know such know a thing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I know birthday. that I was actually trying to advocate for... Um, Freddie Mercury's birthday, which didn't wind up being chosen. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's an interesting uh, question. Why? But anyway, September 23rd is, is our day now, which I, which I think is great. Um, and it's just really evolved into a week and then a month long of activities. And uh, I'm curious if you have any history about how it sort of expanded, because it's really lots of, um, lots of opportunities for events and, and, and advocacy and discussion. It's it's been very interesting how it's expanded. It started off, you know, in, in a few people's imaginations, as most good ideas start. And I think the first few years it existed, only a handful of people knew about it and celebrated it. But social media has been a huge help. Yeah. And I think very strategically having social media campaigns, you know, celebrate Bisexuality Day, um, um, by Visibility Month, having hashtags like that, um, local org, local by plus organize, organizations and some LGBTQ organizations are organizing events, you know, around it, having panels or presentations or speakers or some sort of picnic or visibility action, um, or in in West Hollywood, I believe there's even a pride uh, there was even a bi pride march for the second yes. time this year. Um, that's amazing. Then, it's exciting. It's so amazing. Um, <laughs> so that's been happening, just local local activities and 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 actions. Um, and then the by the national by organizations such as the Bisexual Resource Center and BiNet USA and the Bisexual Organizing Project, and also other individuals, um, I think did some very smart strategic work in, for example, designating Mar March as Bisexual Health Month. Mm -hmm. um, expanding, you know, celebrate bisexuality day to a week and now a month, because I think that creates lots, many more opportunities for visibility. That's right. Very, very cool. Um, so here's, here's the question. This is, uh, I'm really happy to, to be able to talk to you in uh, real time about this. I think your definition of bisexuality has become the most seen, at least it's the one that I see the most in my, in the, the sort of activist communities and um, most talked about. And I think it's a really good place to, um, 
to, to discuss like who, who we are, you know, um, and I would love, if, would you share your definition, your current definition of bisexuality? I would be happy to. My definition of bisexuality goes as follows. I call myself bisexual because I acknowledge in myself the potential to be attracted romantically and or sexually to people of more than one gender, not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way, and not necessarily to the same degree, mm -hmm. period. And every single word of this definition is very important to me. Um, I call myself bisexual. I really believe that we should have the right to self-name and mm -hmm. there isn't a committee of, there's not a bisexual authority committee that sits around deciding <laughs> who has the right to call themselves that. It's very much based, it should be very much based on how you understand yourself. And and it should not be, there should not be a requirement of behavior or being exactly 50-50 or anything else. Cause I really believe if you, if you understand yourself to be bisexual, then you are, period. Mm -hmm. um, I call myself bisexual because I acknowledge in myself the potential. The potential is a really important word because there are lots of bisexual people who knew they were bisexual long before they ever had experience. And some of them have, still haven't had experience with people of any gender. And, you know, it's really about what you know about yourself. Again, um, romantically and or sexually, those are different things. There are some people who are romantically bisexual, but not sexually, or sexually bisexual, but not romantically, or some people who are both. Um, to people of more than one gender, that's an attempt to get out of the gender binary. You know, gender is complicated and there are a multitude of genders. So more than one gender is a way to um, redefine bisexuality out of its very old meaning, which used to be men and women, mm -hmm. um, to a new definition of bisexual where the bi and bisexual to me means similar to my own gender and different from my own gender. So the bi is similar and different. Um, mm -hmm. More than one gender, not necessarily at the same time. There are many people who go through entire periods of life where they're attracted to, you know, people of only one gender or, or people of more than one gender or no one at all. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that attraction is complicated because I'm not, I'm not attracted to women as a entire category. I am not attracted to all women. I'm attracted to very, very specific individual humans. Yeah. You know, over the course of my life, I've been attracted to very specific people mm -hmm. and it only becomes, I only start thinking of it as attraction to women when I add them up and look at that, look for patterns. But every one of my attractions has been very specific and individual. And there have been entire times in my life when I've been attracted to no one. And there have been periods of my life where I've been attracted to one human, one specific human being who happened to have a gender, but the whole time I've been bisexual, you know, as I understand it. Um, and then not necessarily in the same way, every single person I've ever been attracted to, I've been attracted to in a different way. And and that doesn't follow gender lines either. Right, right. That is really wonderful because that really opens up the all of those questions about how 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 you know uh, typically sexual one responds to someone, what be it you know a longtime partner or a new person or how you um, 
uh, is, do you have romantic feelings? Do you have sexual feelings? Do those go together? Or are those separate? You know, there's so many different ways that people experience love and sexuality and desire and all of those things. And you really sort of open up all of those, all of those questions in the way that you talk about like what is possible for bisexual people. And that's, that's really great. It's really quite a feat actually to <laughs> try to like, to bring all of that into it and, and to consider all of those things. I think especially it's really important to remember that it's, you're right, that it's not a definition from outside of ourselves. So it's not that, well, if you are more attracted to one type of person than another, then you're not really, you're really only this, you know, or something like that. It's mm -hmm. really, you know, find who you are and, and, and talk about that. And that's, that's really cool. Um, I have a question about it and it's, it's an interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> um, at least to me, it's something that I've wondered a lot about. Um, we're talking about gender as something that is distinct from biological sex. And I think that's very yes. important and huge, you know, and at the same time, I feel like there's, there's an aspect of attraction that has to do necessarily with bodies and whether we're, you know, we present as what people call male or female or intersex. And I wonder if there's a place for that in that definition as well, or how does that, how does that feel for you? I know that people, well, yeah, that's my question. <laughs> Yes. So he, when I do, I my original definition said to people of more than one sex and or gender. And mm -hmm. I had someone who was actually very uncomfortable with that phrasing because they thought that one could, if one were trying to badly define us, say that would mean if you were attracted to males and men, that you could call yourself bisexual, sex and or gender. and Oh, so someone whose gender is male and, and or is, is, is masculine and they are physically male. Oh, that's yeah. Strange. And, and, and I don't think that I, I actually am not sure that that is actually done. But this person was really concerned about the potential for that happening and asked me to change the definition. And I I thought about whether it still works to say more than one gender. And I, I thought, yeah, that works well enough. And. And so both of those definitions are out there in the world. And I don't, I don't personally have an objection to either of them. So when I do, here's, here's an answer to your question. Mm -hmm. When I do my Beyond Binaries program, which is an amazing um, interactive program where the, the key point of it is that everyone in the room completes an anonymous 20 question survey and it's done entirely anonymously. Um, once people fill out the survey, we collect them all and then shuffle them and then hand them right back out so that everyone in the room is now holding somebody's answers. Hmm. And then we look at the data in physical space. We actually, I create a, I put a big map on the floor and we move around according to the person whose sheet we, we are now holding. So it provides an anonymous way to give a tremendous amount of information about who's in the room as a group without forcing any individual person to you know, self-disclose about their own individual specific experience. And it's very, very powerful. And it just shows that first of all, we're messy, we're all over the place, we're 
that straight is not just the first number on the Kinsey scale and a lesbian and gay is not just the last number and that bi is not just the middle and that how we identify or where we would put ourselves on a map depends on what point in time we're talking about. It makes space for not fitting on the map at all. It's just a really amazing, wonderful, beautiful, beautiful um, exercise. And I find it very, very revealing and also very, very um, reinforcing for people who feel like they're strange or unusual. The fact is that we're all similar and that we're all different. You know, that, that it, it just kind of shows that in a beautiful and visual way. And I, I like to uh, make the point that identity is a journey. And mm. there are some of us who have always had a very clear, crisp sense of ourselves and it really hasn't changed very much. There are people like that. There are lots of people like that, but there are also lots of people who have a much more um, fluid and complex journey who might move up or down the continuum over time, who might use different words to identify them at different points in their life, who, you know, who just don't have a tidy, tidy journey. And, you know, I really believe that as we travel through life, we learn more about ourselves and that may or may not change the way we identify. Um, after we do the whole looking at all the data and looking at all the answers and just, just blowing apart the idea of simplicity in, in a very, very beautiful way. Um, we, I, I do this little section where I talk about like complicating the, the narrative even further. So one of the things I say is that if we took the categories, I'm so glad you asked your question because if you took the category sex, which um, is, you know, a short oversimplified version of it is the parts of your physical body related to your reproductive capacity. That's like a very simple version of that, that word. So male, female, intersex, um, mm -hmm. gender identity, you know, how you identify man, women, gender fluid, agender, gender queer, et cetera, um, and gender expression, um, masculinities, femininity, femininities, androgenies, um, you know, butches, butchness, feminists, um, and so on and so forth. If you took those three categories, sex, gender identity, and gender expression, and somebody asked you, which of these things matter to you? Which of these things are factors in who you're attracted to? If we asked 100 people that same question, if we asked them to kind of describe what matters to them and in what way, we would get 100 different answers. Mm -hmm. And I know that for me, like someone's physical body matters. I'm not gen I'm not blind to people's physical differences. Like I, I definitely see them and they definitely matter. And I like all of our parts and bits, but, <laughs> but it's not a deal maker or a deal breaker for me. It's a, just like an interesting detail of who different people are. Um, if, for me, if you took gender identity, whether someone identifies as a man or woman or gender queer or gender fluid or agender, et cetera. For me, that isn't, doesn't really matter at all. Again, it's another interesting detail of people, but I've been attracted to people of multiple different gender identities. But if you take gender expression for me, if you ask me about that, that's actually where my, my personal attraction desire is very, very specific and not very fluid at all. I've, I, I have a long history of being attracted to people who are androgynous, ambiguous in their gender. Um, I find extremely pleasant 
you know, when you're walking down the street and someone's in front of you, they're walking down the street in front of you and you can't tell what gender they are. I absolutely love, like, I find that delightful. And, and most of the people I've been attracted to have been either women who are, are boyish, which is a different gender expression than mannish, but like boyish women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> that kind of soft, soft butchness. I love that. And 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 men who are kind of flamboyant and sissy-ish, the kind of men who um other people read as gay. Right. Whether or not what regardless of what their sexual orientation actually is, but the kind of guys who appear to other people to be gay in their affect. Like I love guys who are sissies. I think they're absolutely lovely and beautiful and delightful so like my sexual my sexual orientation is very narrow when it comes to gender expression that is a really cool description i mean i i think we share some similar attraction i think there <laughs> are a lot of us out the, there i think that's definitely a scope that that i like a lot um and i i feel that i appreciate yes i i i, I very much appreciate particular gender expressions and I'm not and not as attracted to others it feels it that does feel like that matters to me quite a bit and I'm that sort of leads to um understanding pansexuality a bit more that's um I know that you know we're really working hard to be more inclusive in our communities and our language and um I think I understand what people mean when they say pansexual and my my impression has been that it means that gender doesn't matter and i don't know if that's accurate and maybe you could help me understand that a bit more to answer that question i would start by saying that if you ask 100 people who identify as (laughs) pansexual exactly (laughs) what that term means to them you might get you will get a number of different responses um, mm-hmm. similar to bisexual, similar to lesbian, gay, or straight. Those are mm-hmm. those words incorporate a lot of diverse understandings. Um, sure. When I think of the word, I actually do. I identify as bisexual, also pansexual, also queer. Mm-hmm. To me, those words are very tightly overlapped, but not entirely. When I think of the word pansexual, I actually think of panorama. Hmm. Which is not, I'm sure it's different from some other people's definition, but I, I think sure. of the visual image of a panorama with like a wide, wide lens, mm. very wide lens um, where, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a tightly focused lens. It's a wide, broad lens, um, panorama, pansexual. Um, I think pan, some people who identify as pan, I think are say that they're attracted to people regardless of gender, but other people say it's to a wide variety or any or all genders. So it's, 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 I think it's the, the question of the difference between bisexuality and pansexuality is, is very, very hard to define. And, and we're not going to have, there isn't a, a, again, there's no bisexual authority that's going to come in and say, this is the definition of bisexual and there's no pansexual authority that can come in and say, here's the definition of pansexual is copyrighted and you may only use it <laughs> in the following way, you know? So, sure. Um, yeah. So some people use the, the distinction of saying bisexual is people who are attracted to two or more genders and pansexual is all genders. I don't know. It's so complicated. I guess right. what I would say about that 
is whichever word you choose to use good for you and i support you you know that i think that when we get into conversations that try to compare these two words or contrast them in ways that pull them apart i don't know that that's overly productive when we when bisexual people and some i've heard this said say oh everyone should just call themselves bisexual because then we can all be neatly under one umbrella. That's not productive. That's right, that. I agree. And yeah. It doesn't work. People, and no matter, yeah, just no, just no, no. <laughs> um, and if and pansexual people who say, oh, bisexual is a terrible word. Everyone should call themselves pansexual. I would say no, like no, like you, you don't get to decide that. You are not the boss of me and I am not the boss of you. And my my encouragement to people who, who feel passionately about their label is love your label, embrace it, you know, support it, um, explain it when you want to explain it. But let's take all that energy that sometimes gets put into the bisexual versus pansexual debates. What yeah. if we took all that energy? Because we do have a lot of energy. What if we, we do. took all that amazing energy and I, put I, it? Yeah. <laughs> and my hope was to sort of find a way to not have that debate anymore and that's really part of it you know exactly really why i'm asking yeah exactly so my, my my encouragement to people would be take all that energy that you have and let's put it into working together to make space for people with non-binary sexualities like what if we did that what if we worked together to hold space for all of us and said oh you use that word yay you you know, yay. <laughs> you use that word, yay, you, because there's lots of also, also, bi and pan aren't the only two words either. You know, there's omnisexual and multisexual and just sexual, and there's queer and there's fluid and there's heteroflexible yeah. and homoflexible and straight ish and gay ish. And, and I mean, there are so many labels. So I mm. feel like I my my commitment is is to support every single person in whatever label works for them and to work to be committed to work with all of us who are willing to do this to hold that space because there are a lot of people saying there is no such thing as non-binary space. We continue this interview with Robin Oaks in the next episode, episode 57, dropping on Wednesday, September 25th, 2019. See you then. Well, it is Maybon season. Uh, this year, Maybon falls on the 23rd, and it's a it's the autumn equinox, and it's a time that pagans and other Earth-centered spiritual people um, celebrate the harvest. It's considered a second harvest festival, and um, it's a time that people think about things like uh, things things being equal, like balancing and um, a lot of celebrations focus on those kinds of um, those kinds of ideas, and so as well as feasting and 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 sort of just uh, enjoying the harvest and the bounty that the earth has given us uh, in the fall. So, um, what are what are you doing for Maybon this year? <laughs> we haven't emailed anybody yet about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we we all so off sometimes get together and do ritual of some type. Sometimes we used we, to get together. We bypass those things, <laughs> um, but um, 
I guess I was curious more about your personal how do you feel about this time of year what do you do like, do you have personal traditions my personal tradition is to have a blt <laughs> wow i would not have with, thought of that one <laughs> with a jersey tomato okay <laughs> as a matter of fact last year when i broke my ankle that was the day that i was going to go to the farmer's market to get the jersey tomatoes for my feast of blts and i was laying there in the hospital and i was saying you know with my foot all patched together trying to not have it fall off my leg and and uh I was like bugging Alan saying, maybe you can go to the farmer's market and get the tomatoes for the BLTs. We still need them. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, traditions like that feel really powerful. I, you know, I have a few not necessarily associated with Maybon, but yeah, if it, if it didn't happen, it would just be not right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Especially living in New Jersey and you live in South Jersey. So Jersey tomatoes are, are important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. I could have a uh, FLT, fake and lettuce and tomato. <laughs> yeah, or just actually just a plain tomato sandwich. That's that's fine with me. I uh, don't like fake. It's like it it it's not enough. It's not bacony enough to me. Well, I don't like bacon, so I'm happy well, to have something that's not actually bacon. <laughs> I I we don't eat mammals anymore, so. I and I and I miss <laughs> I miss bacon a little bit, hmm. but and that's why you know when you when you get a a vegetarian vegan bacon substitute product you're expecting it to taste like bacon and then you're really disappointed when it not really doesn't taste like bacon. Mm -hmm. um, now, I think at this point, if I tried eating pork, it would just make me sick. You're missing the point. The important part is the, <laughs> the tomato. tomato. <laughs> I have so many tomatoes. You know, I have so many tomatoes, and you know that because you just took a pound yeah. of them home with you yesterday. Yes, <laughs> so, I'm looking forward today to having a tomato sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> By the time September comes around, I'm so sick of tomatoes because I grow them myself, and, and I planted way too many plants this year um i've been drowning in tomatoes for two months now i'll take any of them off your hands well, you, you have one. been they are delicious absolutely <laughs> yeah they they're really they really are the best <laughs> stuff you so grow yourself a, yeah. is the best. <laughs> so here's a maybon thought this is from the website goddessandgreenman.co.uk and it just you know it just sort of encapsulates the the essence it says night and day are again of equal length and in perfect equilibrium, dark and light, masculine and feminine, inner and outer, in balance. But we are again on the cusp of transition, and from now the year, and from and from now the year begins to wane from its moment of darkness. What? From this moment, darkness begins to defeat the light. Okay, that's what it says. <laughs> so it's like yeah, so we're we're at a place of equilibrium and going into like the winter season. So I'm curious what. Um, What's in balance for you now? Do you think about things like that? Do you do ritual or sort of make note of things you'd like to bring into balance in your life or things you have in balance in your life? Well, hmm. one of the things I think that creates balance for me is um, doing this podcast. Mm. You know, because if I didn't do this, not only would I just be going crazy, but 
but I'd, everything would be work, work, work. And even though there's some work involved in doing this, it's also um, getting together with friends and, and sharing things and sharing opinions. And uh, I, so I like the, doing the podcast and also uh, D, monthly D&D. <laughs> hmm. So sort of like balancing everyday life with some with something special. or something else. Okay. And and also then the podcast it's not just special and be with friends but it's also looking at the world around me it makes me think about things that I don't ordinarily think about so you, you know what this does a lot. <laughs> cool. Cool. That's I here. I haven't really thought in those terms of balance and probably I will, I would very much appreciate a, an actual Maybon ritual this year to, mm. to work on, on balance. So let's uh, do it. I'm balancing things. And, uh, cause I, it's like, I'm not, that's not in my mind. Um, I appreciate, you know, f for this particular season, uh, we have, we haven't had, um, the, I, I'm, I'm, we're basically now in what I usually used have traditionally called fall preview weather. You know, it's not really hot. I don't have to have the mm. air conditioning on. Um, it's getting cool enough at night that I sit here worrying about my, my house plants that have been outside on the deck all summer. <laughs> saying oh is it getting too cold for them do i need to bring them inside and if i do that i have to take the air conditioner out of the window and this like is it going to get hot again i'm going to miss the air conditioner so i'm worrying more about householdy things and not really like what am i trying to do to achieve balance in my life right now i'm not it's like not on my mind it's sort of like i'm more worrying about you know, are we really destroying this planet and making it uninhabitable for humans and, and, mm. and our tin pot dictator in Washington? <laughs> uh, so everything in the, uh, in the world is so out of balance. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to, to think about getting personal balance. Although, um, that the, we, you know, the vacation we just had uh, probably got me more centered emotionally than I had been before that. So uh, I may just be riding, I may be in balance right now and I'm just riding that wave and not really thinking about it. So yeah. I don't know. I know this yeah, is very, yeah. very not very useful information. <laughs> no, that is. I mean, I think it's, there are times when we're more outwardly focused, you know, mm. and I think especially in times that are like in a political crisis kind of thing. I mean, we have to, you maybe sometimes have to go into overdrive to get things yeah. done, you know? And I appreciate people's ability to do that, especially some people can do that a lot better than I can, I think, because <laughs> I can get sort of, I become very much more inward sooner than later mm. I, I, um, when working on that kind of stuff. But, but that's, that's important. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had three years of this. Yeah. It's been three years of him, and yeah. it's it, it's it's a lot of grinding down. Yeah, but the one thing you do that I really love is that you 
are doing this you're actually doing the actual planting and harvesting <laughs> and 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 you're sort of being connected to the earth in that way which is great and that's something i haven't done in the last couple of years and i've never done it nearly as well as you so i oh, think that's really well, cool I, okay thank you uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, you have raspberries. I, I have raspberries you too. That's true. You could you could be doing these things. Well, you, I I like the raspberries. I appreciate them. They weren't planted by me though. So oh, you know, okay. Well, it's it's, cool. it's a it is it, gardening is a lot of work, and and I and I don't even think much about or talk about the fact that that Rich goes out to the garden every night and waters, which is one of the reasons why we get such great products like some produce out of the garden because he's going out there watering when it's not raining so there's a you know so he does a daily thing um i think i this year i was better with weeding the garden than i've ever been and even mm -hmm. then it's like you forget for a week and then you go out there and every it's like ridiculous you're pulling up all this stuff and and uh i don't know it's I, I guess I'm getting better at it just because I've been doing it so much for mm -hmm. so long. I mean, we've had a garden here. We've been here 12 years, and I've had always had a garden here. So mm -hmm. after, <laughs> you would think after over a decade, I would be improving. So, yeah, yay. <laughs> and, That's um, cool. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's nice, and I, I really appreciate, you know, having food that... I've nurtured from literally from a seed, you know, and then, and then it was, well, I haven't done it this year, but last year, uh, there was, um, a ratatouille, which is a, a vegetable stew for people that think it's just the cartoon, um, <laughs> that, that literally took me six months to make because I used it was all ingredients that I grew myself. And they, oh, well, they all ripened at different times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. the real pain in the ass because it's like the tomatoes ripen. And then this year I didn't even get eggplants. I, I planted some and, and my beans kind of just said, you are not growing in this bed with us. And oh, they, wow. bullied, they bullied my eggplants to death. So oh. I didn't get any eggplants. <sighs> wow. Well, leave more space. Right. <laughs> I think the beans were going to do what they did. The beans were crazy. Did, so, but did you get enough beans to do something good with them? I got enough beans to get sick of eating them, yes. <laughs> I, need, so I, I need more recipes. <laughs> so I'm tr thinking about my balancing act right now. Um, for me right now, it's just been so much about physical health first. Because I've had a really, really hard summer. Oh, yeah. I've been f just physically f fucked up from uh, just I don't know over overextending my well. It was from a, I think it was from a long time of inactivity and depression. That's been a lot worse than I, you know, let on. And then just going back and trying to do my normal thing in the gym, and my body was not happy about that, and really hurt myself. So I've had the better part of two months really just trying to recover and just do basic things around my house, you know, which has been um, not that easy, <laughs> to say the least. And it's been very scary. So um, realizing, I think, I guess someone says that sometimes the universe gives you a clue by four, you know. <laughs> 
and allowing myself to get so far out of balance and, and out of communication with people that I even want to, you know, just not, not connecting to people and being alone and being not, not being in my body, you know, in a way that I need to, um, really led to some damage, you know? So right now I'm just getting back to my daily physical activity and getting back to what I can do in little ways to starting to like strengthen my back and my core and get back to lifting and the things that really, really make me happy physically. I mean, ha emo certainly emotionally happy and physically when mm. I feel, when I feel better physically, I'm just better overall, you know? And in the last week I, I sort of doubled the activity that I'd been doing and I feel good for the first time cool. in a really long time. So I'm starting with those sort of really basic things. <laughs> and um, then it definitely does affect my mental wellness. Um, so I think I'll be able to work on more specific things once I really have those things back underway. Um, so that's kind of where I am. And so I think any my Maybon prayers and um, intentions will be for more of that because I can be more effective as, as a creative person, as an activist, as a friend, you know, and everything mm -hmm. else when I'm not hiding, hiding in the really negative sense, which is what I was doing mm. for too long. Now that you brought this up, I'm just thinking about, I hurt my knee a year ago in May, in, end of April, May, and then Mary hurt her ankle in the fall. Well, it was Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend last year. Yeah. So, and then you just, so, and, and it took me, I think I started physical therapy in August of that, of last year. And, and it's like, I, I just got to the one year anniversary of my gym membership and it's, um, all three of us have injured ourselves <laughs> and are working out, you know, getting back to our physical health. Um, I've, I've actually, I got there, I would say maybe eight, nine months ago, but I realized at that time after having to go through what I went through to get my knee so I could walk again, um, that, you know, the gym is not a luxury when you get to be our age, it's sort of, you need to do this <laughs> or you're going to be not able to be mobile. And, and, uh, so I guess in those terms, I've kind of been in balance for a while now, although, although it's, it's getting hard. I have to, my internal dialogue, um, is I'm get I'm starting to to hear pushback from myself like oh I don't want to it's six a.m. I don't want to go to the gym today I'm getting mm -hmm. a lot of that I'm arguing with myself and sometimes the lazy me wins mm -hmm. and uh, that I went to the gym today and I'm I stink which is why I'm glad we're not in the same room because <laughs> I really need to take a shower um, <laughs> but um, I forget how good I feel after a workout and. Um, and I have to remember that, but I did make myself, I have, I have a, I now have an alarm set 
for when I need to leave for the gym and it says, get the fuck to the gym. <laughs> so, do you set up all your gym stuff the night before so you don't have the excuse of... Uh, nah. Uh, uh, no. I, not, I don't need to do that. I just need to... It's, it has to do with if 7.15 rolls around and I'm sitting up at the kitchen counter reading Facebook, I'm not going to the gym. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's after 7. I'm not going. So... <laughs> Um, now I have my alarm set for a little before seven. So if I leave when the alarm goes off, I get to the gym at seven. Oh. It's like, if I get in there at seven fifteen, all of the machines I want to use are being used by other people and I have to oh. wait and it's a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I love being physically active. I mean, that's so much, that's a huge part of my wellness and it's, you know, so for me to forget that is like a really bad thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so it's good to, it's good to know that and it's good to keep bringing more of that into my life. And that's what's yeah, happening for I, me. But that's, it's... Well, I'm a true Taurus. I would like to just sit here on the couch. I thought, okay. I... Taurus are very, uh, very sedentary. Are they? I just yeah. thought they were stubborn. They're sedentary too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was it was described to me in a very visual way. It's like Taurus is like this bull pulling a plow, walking through the field, and it's not stopping for anything. And Scorpio gets on its back and picks up its horns and turns its head, and then it's going in that direction. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, my dad's Scorpio. Well, that's I thought funny. Taurus and Scorpio are opposite signs, so that that's how they sense. that's how they interact. That <laughs> the guy sense. that taught me, the my, he was the first one that actually it was actually the twelve-hour astrology reading, which was basically a whole course in astrology with particular focus on my chart, <laughs> mm. and I have it on like cassette tapes, mm. and and that was one of the things that he explained to me that has stuck with me over. <laughs> got 30 years <laughs> that's, a good image. that's funny yeah so yeah so maybe we'll do something this this uh yeah this we Mabon, should actually i've been very should. lackadaisical about it but i think um when there's when there feels like there's a real focus and a real intention then uh it's something i i think it feels yes. it's best you know yes and indeed. i know i think we can do that okay yeah happy maybon everybody happy maybon You've been listening to the Let's Skate Podcast. Find us online at Let'sGate.com, on Twitter at Let's Skate, and on Facebook at Let's Skate. The Let's Skate, the shape of progressive conversation.